0: On a new beginning today, Pastor Greg Laurie welcomes special guests Catherine and Jay Wolf.
1: Out of the blue, um, I came home for lunch, kind of a little 45-minute window, and during that time, Catherine collapsed and was rushed to the hospital, and they found out she was having a massive brainstem stroke, and unfortunately, it was the largest they had seen, four aneurysms on top of it around her brainstem, you know, it was just every uh, worst-case scenario, and mm. um, You know, little did we know, it would change our stories forever. This is the day when the lost are found This is the day for a new beginning Amazing grace, how sweet the
0: sound Can you hear all the angels are singing This is the day, the day when life begins Glad you've joined us for a new beginning. Pastor Greg Laurie is joined by his wife Kathy today and some special guests, authors Catherine and Jay Wolf. Now they face some additional layers of challenge on top of the whole dynamic of being parents. And today they share about their journey and Mother's Day, which is fast approaching.
2: We have a very special guest here today in studio with us are Catherine and Jay Wolf, And they have a brand new book out that is called Suffer Strong, subtitled, how to Survive Anything by Redefining Everything, and uh, Jay and Catherine both wrote this book together and sort of this set the stage, and I would like them to share their story with you. Jay writes, um, our stories are glorious. They're also painful, unfair, scary, and almost always quite different from what we thought they would be. Yet it seems that these parts might be the very means to which the glory is most revealed more than a decade ago. On an ordinary day, life as we knew it changed. Jay, maybe you could tell us Hmm. how life changed for you.
1: Sure. We were 26 at the time living in Malibu. I was going to Pepperdine Law School. We had a six-month-old baby and just every dream right in front of us, right within our grasp, it seemed, of me graduating law school and Catherine was in the entertainment industry and we had this new baby. And out of the blue, um, I came home for lunch kind of – just so happened to come home from a little 45 minute window. And during that time, Catherine collapsed. She was mm. totally healthy, no symptoms, no family history and was rushed to the hospital. And they found out she was having a massive brainstem stroke. And uh, we would soon learn that it was most likely she would not survive the day because wow. of this incredible uh, bleed happening in her brain. And again, there was no warning, no symptoms, no family history. It was caused by a very rare Congenital defect called an AVM that she had had her whole life, but had no warning of until that day when it ruptured. And unfortunately, it was the largest they had seen. Four aneurysms on top of it around her brainstem. You know, it was just every uh, worst-case scenario. And sixteen hours later, she came out of surgery, and they had removed uh, part of her brain. They had done a lot of damage around her brainstem and her intracranial nerves. And yet, they <laughs> said Catherine lived. And that was in two thousand eight. And and so we're going to be celebrating. 12 years of second chance at life. And, Mm. um, you know, little did we know, it would change our stories forever
2: Yeah,
1: for not just Catherine, but our whole family.
2: Yeah, Catherine, you write in your book, a decade ago, I wrestled with the deepest despair of my life, wondering why God would have left me on this earth after my stroke. I was broken in body, brain, and spirit, unable to do anything Or be anything other than a source of pain for everyone I loved. It seemed everyone would eventually stop being so sad if I wasn't here anymore. Wow. So this brought a sense of deep despondency to you, didn't it?
3: Totally, totally. From from the moment of waking up in the coma like state I was in after two and a half months, um, I just began to wrestle with why am I even here anymore? My body doesn't work and I'm caught between life and death. I couldn't eat food for the first 11 months. And not eating, not walking, not being able to speak. They all equaled a feeling of no longer belonging on earth. And I wasn't yet able to recognize. How God had an extremely unique assignment for me on earth and that it was actually a calling, I believe that God, um, chose me for this and, um, wow. that it was a deep, special calling, as it says in Ephesians four, one that mm-hmm. I was to live a life worthy of. And it really just mm-hmm. transformed how I felt about my situation. I felt very, um, selected, which is the mm-hmm. most, Bizarre feeling mm-hmm. in moments of terrible pain, but it um, it transformed my understanding of everything, which is honestly what the, that book is about. Summer Strong is about um redefining how we see everything and it is game-changing of course because we know it isn't about what happens to us that really matters it's about how we think about it mm-hmm. how we remember mm-hmm. it how we wake up to what god is doing in the story he's writing in our lives mm-hmm.
0: uh, Catherine, uh in the book suffer strong you explain what you call invisible wheelchairs yes You point out we all have invisible wheelchairs. Absolutely. Uh, Explain that.
3: Yeah. Oh, goodness. I think, you know, I'm the one who's sitting in the external wheelchair that you see. But everybody has wheelchairs. You just don't always see them. We all have tremendous limitations in life. And whether or not they're on the inside or the outside, we've all got stuff. We've got baggage. We've got a lot of um, hurt, memories that are painful, things we've done, things that have been done to us. And very much in, in this day and age, I think there is a growing awareness of mental health and all the things that maybe you don't have an external wheelchair, but mm-hmm. you've got some serious anxiety depression all kinds of different stuff you don't see and it's um it's so powerful to see all of these various types of limitations as being actually i believe avenues toward freedom Mm. you know i i think of my actual physical wheelchair as being quite the opposite of what the world would say. The world would say, I'm wheelchair-bound. I'm wheelchair-bound, bound bound to the wheelchair. But I believe that is so ludicrous Mm. that actually I'm wheelchair-free. Wow. The wheelchair frees me to do my life. The wheelchair frees me to go where I want to go. It's the avenue to my freedom. The wheelchair takes me to do my life. So Mm -hmm. actually, that tremendous limitation of a chair that I sit in actually is um, helping me be free. Mm -hmm. And that is true, I believe, in all of our stories. I um, think... You know, it's difficult when it's not as clear as that to say how this horrible, hurtful thing that's wrecked my life is an avenue to freedom. But I think if we don't do what most of the world does, and I don't mean the world, most of the Western world at least does when suffering comes, mm-hmm. which is turn off our brain. but instead, especially as Christ followers, really turn on the brain and start to recognize, mm-hmm. like, oh wait. I need to put the pieces together here, what God is doing in my story, and just deeply ponder, recognize, wake up to like all the ways God is at work, then I think we can creatively move forward and say, hey, just like I did with my wheelchair. Like, oh, wait, what the world would say is blank is actually blank, and here's why. And really identify, you know, they say the part of the brain, I think it's called the amygdala, Mm -hmm. that's that fight or flight reflex, Mm -hmm. that it can be trained to stay when it gets hard and painful and not just ridden off, you know? You know, I heard a missionary say recently that America is the only place in the world where groups of Christians gather together and pray away whatever is wrong with their lives, Mm. that that is absolutely a prayer we should all pray. But that is not the initial prayer we should Mm. pray, that in the rest of the world, they are praying, pockets, pockets in the rest of the world, pockets, for faithfulness of what is happening? Stewardship yeah. of this assignment that's difficult. They are praying instead of like, get that bad diagnosis reversed. Hallelujah. They are praying. Lord, let me be found faithful as I mm-hmm. suffer well for your glory. I know wow. this is so much more than just about me. Mm-hmm. And there's a deep sense of God. You are at work in and through my pain. And I have been assigned to this for a specific reason. And that's really a transforming of the mind um, that just comes out in, in a prayer. That I, I refuse to believe the lie that... This all means nothing. It's just like this bizarre or that God like cursed me or something stupid. Yeah. But instead, like God chose me for this. Yes. He has assigned my life to me. And he he is up to something powerful. That yes, Lord, walking in the way of your truth, we wait. Eagerly for you, for your name and your renown are the desire of our hearts. That's Isaiah 26, eight, I think. And I, I love this thought that for his name and fame, and we will consider all happenings on earth to us a part of the story he's writing.
2: Wow. Beautifully said, Catherine. Mm. If you've uh, just tuned in, you're listening to Catherine. Wolf, uh, right next to her wonderful husband, Jay, and they've written a new book called Suffer Strong, subtitled How to Survive Anything by Redefining Everything. And Catherine has said so many amazing things, but one that struck me was she doesn't see herself as wheelchair-bound, but rather she sees herself as wheelchair-free. And she sees things in a different way, Uh, as the Lord has allowed this in her life, and she wants to be faithful, and she wants to glorify God. Maybe I'm talking to somebody that is in a wheelchair. I'm talking to somebody that's in a hospital bed. Talking to somebody that is on a deathbed. I'm talking to a young girl who's just starting out in life but is being bullied on social media. I'm talking to somebody that is just burdened with all that life has thrown their way and I think you need some hope. And I'm glad to say that hope is on the way in this great book that will point you to Scripture and point you to the Lord called Suffer Strong, again, by Catherine and Jay Wolfe. Jay, let me ask you a question. Some may hear the
0: subject of your book, Suffer Strong, and think, oh, it's simply adopting a positive mental attitude, or, you know, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger, Mm -hmm. you know. But
1: as I've read it, That's not it at all, is it? Yeah, exactly. I think uh, for us, the upending of our life was what helped us to understand the upside-down kingdom of God. So often, you know, we project God in our own image. We think that the ultimate end goal is is health and wealth and comfort. And, and the whole message of Christ subverts all of that. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. It says
1: you've been given what you've been given so you can give it away to the glory of God. You can, so you can hope it forward. You are going through all these things that look like the end of your story, but it's a new beginning if you have eyes to see it that way. And I think so often, um, you know, even in the Bible, I think, um, the command to remember is in the Bible, I think it's five times more than the command to believe, and maybe even two times more than the command to trust. So to me, that shows that um, this opportunity for us to remember the story we already know, the story that we're already a part of, this arc of a narrative that God is at work doing in the world that, you know, may it may take some different specifics, but really we're all living out this same story in a way of God bringing new life where there should only be death, of Him healing through our brokenness. And um, that that to me is so powerful to realize that we can think back to our past and find God at work in it to have this new kind of bravery to live into an unknown future. I mean, we've you know come to this place after many years of really wrestling with and through this new life. We never imagined living. And, you know, just to, uh, as an aside, it took, it took a, a couple of years to even come up for air. We're not sort of saying, you know, Catherine woke up from the stroke and was like, glory to God, like, you know, I love my new mm-hmm. calling. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, it was mm-hmm. a real, you know, it was an upending. So I want to, you know, just give people permission to grieve losses. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. of Jesus crying out at Lazarus's tomb. He knew That's the end right. of that story, but he was grieved at the suffering in the world and so i think that's a very appropriate and necessary but not to stay there forever to find that um, the place of our wounding in fact i believe is part of another person's healing that when God has allowed us to experience him in the midst of the dark places that we then have an opportunity to go back to those places and people will listen to us differently because we've been through it and then we've come out on the other side of it. And, uh, and so this is the cycle that God invites us to of, uh, you know, I love that term of, of Jesus being the, the wounded healer Mm -hmm. and the suffering savior. You know, there's just this sort of this paradoxical sense of the whole, Sermon on the Mount and the Kingdom of God, and it upends all the ways we think, oh, it it, it has to either be good or it has to be hard, and those are mutually exclusive and those are separate. But the gospel Mm -hmm. says on this side of heaven, it can be really hard, but that doesn't mean that it's not also good, Mm -hmm. because this is the kind of story God is writing. And Second Corinthians 12.9 is saying that it's not in our competence and our own strength that we find God's power to be made perfect, but it's in our weakness. And so I can say, you know what? I've been a fine God in my story. And that's going to actually, even neuroscientists say that, that changes the way our brains believe our future. Like, we might tomorrow may be the worst day or the best day. It also might be the last day. We don't know. This is the kind of reality we're all facing, whether we like to see it that way or not. But I can believe that God is going to show up again because he has in the past.
2: Well, you know, the Scripture, it's often quoted at a time like this, and maybe without full comprehension is, Romans 8.28 that says, we know that all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to His purpose. And I think sometimes we think that means that a bad thing will suddenly turn into a good thing. But in reality, bad things happen to Christians that always were bad things. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, 11 years ago, our son Christopher died in an automobile accident. I'll never regard that, Catherine and Jay, as a good thing, Mm -hmm. But what I would say, though, is a good God has brought good things despite a really bad thing. Mm -hmm. And, and, Mm -hmm. And I think also when we get to heaven, I wonder if we will not rethink the word good. Because that which was perceived as bad on planet earth right. will actually be looked at as good from an eternal perspective because of what it produced in our life. And Jay, I loved one Red, of your. St- you're
3: you're still in all my material here. You're still <laughs> in all my material. Catherine's
2: chomping at the head. Good And let you speak then, yes, Catherine.
3: Yes, yes. All the yeses. Exactly. Amen. <laughs> so, so many important thoughts about that. First of all, Romans eight twenty eight is totally true, and it goes on to say things that are totally true, because God's love is not attached to anything in our physical world. And Mm -hmm. Isaiah forty five three says, I will give you hidden treasure in the Mm -hmm. darkness, which is stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am God, the God of Israel, the God who summoned you by name. And the beautiful thought in our nightmares and in the darkness Mm -hmm. is that there is treasure there. And when you have to go to the darkness, we get to be treasure bearers for the rest of our lives. And that can be extremely cold comfort when you have a child die or you have a massive stroke or in any of our horrific nightmares. But the thought of God selecting us and giving us a treasure is a comfort for sure. Sir Richard Baker? Yeah, I I would say I went on a journey probably eight years ago to understand the goodness of God and reconcile some of that junk that I've always believed in light of what happened to me. Mm -hmm. I I shouldn't say junk in a negative way. Just things that people would say to me that Mm -hmm. are putting Jesus Band-Aids on bullet wounds and things that really could only be classified as like a Christian cliche Mm -hmm. that was almost meaningless and very painful, in fact. Mm -hmm. And what I have found is that the word good is totally um, defined wrongly in our world, that true goodness can never be withheld from us. Psalm 8411 is true because the truly good things of God are not things at all. The truly good best things our peace of conscience, joy in the Holy Spirit, their fruition of His presence in this life, and the assurance of His face in the next. And those things are not things the world can touch. No matter what's going on in our broken lives, the untouchable things inside of us are the truly good ones that cannot be withheld.
2: Mm. You're listening to Catherine Wolfe talk about what she has learned in light of a life-altering event that took place for her when she suffered a near-fatal brainstem stroke at the age of 26. And I'm interviewing her and her husband, Jay. And one thing that uh, Jay said earlier that I really liked was, it looks like the end of your story when it actually is a new beginning. And I think right now I might be talking to somebody that feels like they've come to the end of their story, some horrible news, some traumatic event. They think that's it. But uh we're offering a book right now written by Catherine and Jay titled Suffer Strong. I love the subtitle, How to Survive Anything by Redefining Everything. Mm-hmm. And it's the way you look at things, as you guys have shared. And we want to offer this amazing new book to anyone for your gift of any size, so we can continue on to teach God's word and to feature guests like Catherine and Jay and also to proclaim the gospel, which is really the only hope. Because here's the bottom line. Whatever suffering we're going through today, uh, a hundred years from now, we'll, it's kind of a more of a thought. We'll all be dead. But if we put our trust in Christ, we'll be in heaven. And when it's really all said and done, are you ready for eternity? And, uh, th- that is why we do what we do. And I know that really motivates Catherine and Jay as well. So I think this book, Suffer Strong, is really going to be a great message of hope and encouragement. And it will also help you to redefine what you're going through.
0: Whatever your challenge is, whether it's a health crisis or an employment crisis, there's so much that we've all been through with the current pandemic and with life in general. We trust you've been encouraged by the hope that our guests have shared today. It's just two people who've learned the lessons of trusting God. Well, next time, Jay and Catherine will join us again for more insight on how we can survive the trying times of trial and challenge. It's a very timely insight next time on A New Beginning. Now, for a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. Search Suffer Strong, an interview with Catherine and Jay Wolfe at visionstore.org.au or call one 800 5011 Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.